0: The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net.
1: Sports today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao.
0: Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I am Chris Yao, joined by Mo Patton, Coach Mike, the lustrous potentate, and Andrew Moore, hooking us up with the production this morning on a Facebook Live and on Twitter. The video production is killer. Well done, sir. Well done. We are working to bring you the best in regional sports coverage during this second hour. And if you missed any part of today's first hour, you can find the podcast on sm-tnsports.com. sm-tnsports.com has the most consistent local sports coverage in southern middle Tennessee. Nowhere else to find it but here. We'll have a story later on that Summertown Girls Coach. So don't miss that as well. The Hour Two podcast, obviously, we have established that you know we're gonna talk some regional and national sports, and each Friday we are lucky to be joined by Nashville Sounds play by play voice. Jeff, him, and we'll talk a little bit about the Nashville Sounds and their ongoing series with the Gwinnett Stripers this morning and next week's series when they get to travel up to Columbus. So, Jeff. Charlotte, uh, C-O-T. Charlotte. Jeff, where are you guys heading next week?
2: Well, you're both right. We go to Columbus first and then to uh, I Charlotte was after first. that.
0: Yeah, Columbus is in May, Charlotte is next, Um, because remember we were talking about, we thought they, we saw Columbus and then Toledo, and thought they were going to stay in Ohio. (laughs) I'm just going to shut up now. That'd be too easy. (laughs) Listen, listen, (laughs) right? Oh, man. Jeff, welcome into the show, we appreciate it, as always, but... um, Really has been a good week for the Nashville Sounds.
2: It has, yeah. And thanks, as always, for having me, guys. Look forward to our Friday chats and and glad to be with you again today. Uh, It has been a good week. The Sounds have won three games in a row against Gwinnett, Uh, all of them with late offense and close games and uh, (laughs) some kindly hitting to see. And uh, go ahead.
0: Late offense against a, a Braves bullpen? huh what <laughs> this is this isn't i'm so confused this never happens
2: Sorry, i, I, I was really no you're good i it was i was thinking uh, this morning i'm like i wonder which which direction this is going to go based on who i'm talking to what <laughs> affiliate we are playing uh how how the current parent club is doing these days i i knew there'd be some different avenues uh we could go down um so yes it's uh, it's been at the expense of uh, some guys that I guess uh, selfishly, maybe you're hoping would be helping the folks in Atlanta at some point, And that still could happen for what that's worth, but yeah, it's been a good week for the sounds. And uh, you know, I was just thinking as I'm looking out the window here, it's just another beautiful day. We've been so fortunate. This first homestand we had the six with Memphis and now tonight will be game four out of six with Gwinnett. I mean, the weather has just been outstanding And, you know, I I talked with you guys last Friday going into that that Memphis game that night, and that was going to be our first night of near 100% capacity allowed. We had a sellout that night. We had a sellout on the Saturday night. We had a near sellout on the Sunday afternoon. It's just, it's been so beautiful. It's the most normal uh, I have felt in a long time. And just talking with players and fans and being around the ballpark, uh, I know it's such a cliche thing to talk about right now, this sense of normalcy, this return to what we all know, but it, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it other than to feel like it's, it's really happening. The players are just, they're they're so passionate about what they do last year, unless you were in the big leagues. Last year was a pretty awful year for the ballplayers. We know it was an awful year for a lot of people in many ways and all the people we lost. Uh, from an economic standpoint, it was an awful year for, for minor league baseball. So just just kind of an aerial view. It's been a wonderful week and a half, regardless of the wins and losses, to just feel the vibe in the ballpark again, see people just having fun uh, like we're used to doing. And then to your point, yes, it's been a good week on the field for the sounds. This offense continues to get the hits that they need. And uh, it's it's a confident group right now.
0: Personally, this has been the perfect situation for me as the sounds team is winning. The Gwinnett players that I really was hoping to see do well have done well. Drew Waters has been on fire. Uh, Orlando Arcia uh, has shown flashes of brilliance, uh, both offensively and defensively. Uh, Kyle Wright, outside of the moonshot that he gave up to Jace Peterson, pitched really well. So, uh, you know, I feel like it's been a pretty good week for – For me, as a fan of the Nashville Sounds and as a fan of the Atlanta Braves, it's been the best of both worlds. And Tuesday night was really great, despite the bit of shower that I had to endure uh, sitting outside outside of the awning. So I had to deal with a little bit of sprinkle, but it wasn't too bad at all.
2: Yeah, and and to your point, I mean, I, I had never seen Drew Waters play in person until the last few days. But, man, that kid can play. He's only 22 years old, uh, and you can immediately see why he would be arguably the Braves' top prospect right now. And, um, you know, at the age he did in 2019 to win a double-A batting title and MVP, and the way he's picked it up again this year at triple-A, what a bright future. Switch hitting, center fielder. Uh, he's, he's burned the sounds three times with the long ball in the series. In fact, he hit, he hit one, uh, he hit one from each side of the plate on Tuesday night and mm-hmm. it was his first career, uh, multi Homer game. So yeah, very impressive. And you know, we, I know we talked about it last week or the week before with all these new teams, the sounds finally get to play that in some cases like Gwinnett make a lot more sense geographically. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've lived in Middle Tennessee since 2012, so by nature, you, you know, you follow the Braves and you're aware of, the, of what the parent club is doing because there's so many fans of theirs here in Middle Tennessee, but I'd never called a game against the Braves farm team. I know about the track record they have in player development, but now seeing it here for a few days and seeing some of these prospects in person with my own eyes, uh, that part of it's you know, been really fun. I still want the South to win the games as they have, but it's fun to watch, you know, talented players play no matter what uniform they have on. And we're going to see Gwinnett 30 times this year. A quarter of our schedule is against Gwinnett uh, because of the way Major League Baseball kind of tried to tighten, at least for this year, tighten the geographic reins on the schedule. Uh, we go to Gwinnett, I think it's three times, and the Stripers after this weekend will be back one more time. So we play them 30 times. So uh, from a win loss standpoint, yeah, the sounds are off to a good start. Just know so that there's a lot of their final record this year will be dependent on how they play head to head with Gwinnett.
3: We're here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Nashville Sounds play by play announcer Jeff Hemm and Jeff, you've been doing this for a pretty good while, and and you mentioned that this is the first time you've had a chance to call a game against the Braves affiliate. You know, when you're covering the minor leagues, I, I think one of the draws to it is the guys that you get to see, the Drew Waterses and and the other folks who are, you know, on that – that are trending upward, making that move toward the major leagues so that, you know, in three, five years, whatever it is, you can, you can go back and say, I saw those guys back when. You know, you're hoping as – you operate a minor league team that that's your draw for your fans come out and see these rising stars and that kind of thing but I I think that that's one of the exciting things about being around a minor league team both the team that you cover and the opponents that you get to see are the guys that are making those moves in that direction.
2: I I agree with you, and I worked seven seasons with a single A ball club, and now this is—if you don't count 2020, because it was a lost year—this is year number season number nine for me with the Sounds. So I've had about as much time covering a Triple A team as I have a Single A team, and I loved my time covering the Single A team that I did, but I I truly—I love covering the Triple A level because you get the best of both worlds to the to the point you just made you see the guys who maybe are at AAA for the first time the prospects the guys you've read about or heard about for a couple of years as they make their way up the minor league system uh, and guys are doing that faster than ever so you, you get that side of it but then in a lot of ways even though you can't fully replicate a big league clubhouse unless you're in a big league clubhouse. A A clubhouse is pretty close because you're going to get 35 and 36-year-olds. I mean, Gwinnett's got Jonathan Lucroy, and the Sounds have E. Strange Gordon and Logan Forsythe and Ernan Perez. I mean, they've got... Uh, the Sounds have a ton of guys who have a ton of big league time. So you're really getting a sense of what a big league clubhouse and, and the makeup of a team could be. And then you're so closely tied to what's happening at the major league level and the fan in me loves that part of it because that's you know that's the highest level that's the level I grew up watching the most and following the most and that's you know the level for for myself professionally if there were an opportunity that's what I aspire to do from a broadcast standpoint so you're it's just fun to follow the the major leagues knowing not just that you like to follow it from a fan standpoint but that it literally impacts the job you do, because at a moment's notice, they could call up one of your guys or they're going to send down one of theirs. And so you're always following your guys and the prospects. But you have to know what's happening at the big league level to to cover your own game that night. I mean, I talked about it last night with the moves Atlanta made. They got Ender and Tiarte back. They sent Johan Camargo down. I don't know if we'll see Camargo this weekend. We certainly could. Uh, as he got options. So I mean right there you're just you're following the big league news and it's gonna impact the team you're covering the next day. So I feel like from a fan standpoint, triple A ball uh got quite right up there with following a big league team because you're sort of following a big league team and you're getting to see the enticing prospects as they come up.
3: Those guys are never in as big a hurry to get to the AAA A team as they are to get to the major league team, are they, Jeff?
2: No, I mean, you you know, you you, you can't... I've never tried to hide the fact covering a AAA team as I do that the guys would rather be somewhere else. I mean, it sounds kind of uh, hurtful to say that. They they love Nashville. They love the sounds. It's nothing against where they're at. But, you know, fans have to keep in mind the goal for these guys is the big leagues. And when you're at AAA you can't get any closer to the big leagues than, than that. So you're, you're right there. It's like you're within arm's reach of your ultimate goal, whether you've been there here and there for several years, or you've never been there, like the prospects we're talking about. So, um, you know, that's, 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 but it's, but uh, the other thing I think is really cool in the years I've covered AAA is it, I think the players understand how hard it is to get to the major leagues and how even harder it is to stay there that they have this mutual respect for each other and true joy when one of their teammates gets to go up. And I'm sure, at least for a moment, they all have that part of their brain that says, yeah, I wish I wish that were me going up. That's, that's human nature. But if they have that, they don't show it very much, and it doesn't stick for very long because you see how happy they are for one of their teammates to go up because they all know there are only so many spots on that roster up there, and it's just so hard to get there. So AAA has this uh, kind of reputation, oh, all the all the grizzled vets are bitter about being where they are. It, I, I don't see that a lot, at least outwardly from the players. They just have a joy to play. They know what's at stake. They know where they're trying to be. But if they spent their whole day while they're at AAA sulking about not being in the big leagues, they'd hit a 100 and they'd, they'd never get there anyway. So they have to approach it differently. And I, I've always been impressed by how the players handle the, the mindset at AAA of uh, knowing that they're so close to the big leagues. I think that's a really cool part of it. And they have this shared uh, understanding of anybody who goes up is, is fortunate and you're happy for them because uh, while it's not you, uh, it may not have been them either. And it is them and you've got to be happy for your teammates' success as much as your own.
0: One of those guys who has been in the big leagues and is currently playing in AAA, Kes Daddy, having a heck of a run right here. Keston Hayura has hit safely in five of his last seven. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, and he had a he had the big game last night. He was three for four, and he broke a tie with a two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth inning. And uh, I was joking with somebody after the game because the, the, the Brewers are in Cincinnati this weekend and the sounds go to Columbus next week. So I said, I I, I know Keston Hira is headed to Ohio soon. I'm guessing it's to Cincinnati and not to Columbus because, uh, the, you know, and, and I don't have any inside info on that. I, he is locked in, though. He is mm-hmm. hit. I think it's now six doubles. He's got the one home run from last night. He, he, he's always been able to hit. And, and I think you know, he got sent down. He was struggling. He's got some things he's dealing with off the field. He's talked about his mother is battling. Uh, some cancer. He's got a lot of his mind. He took a mental break when he got sent down and then a couple of days to acclimate again into baseball activity before he actually played in a game with the Sounds last week. And right now, his swing looks like it's always looked. It's a pretty swing. It's He can get to the inside pitch. We've seen him go the other way. He's hitting missiles all over. Uh, I think the Brewers thought he could just use a breather, take a little pressure off, send him down to AAA, and I, I think it's working, and I would not be surprised if he's back with Milwaukee soon because they still, like we've talked about in previous weeks, just a guy, Just because a guy gets sent down, doesn't mean they're they're no longer high on him, or they've they've soured on him, or they think he's no longer part of their future. They're still really high, rightfully so, on Hira, and uh, they you know they think he can be a middle of the order bat for a long time. And just because he's doing it, the AAA doesn't automatically mean he'll go back up and do it. But I don't know how else you could evaluate what he's done with the sounds other than to say he looks like the Keston hero that everybody thinks he can be
3: was involved in all three Nashville runs last night as the sounds defeated Gwinnett three to one before the two run home run in the eighth, he singled stole a base and scored on Jace Peterson's single in the sixth. Meanwhile,
0: Braves legend, Jace Peterson,
3: (laughs) Eric Lauer, five innings, 12 strikeouts.
2: Yeah, he looked pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> a career-high 12 strikeouts, his first outing down from Milwaukee. He's kind of their He's kind of their sixth starter. They're, they're finally back to full strength in their rotation with the five they have up there. So they sent Lauer down to get back into a starter's workload from the uh, multiple inning relief work he was doing up there more recently. So he's down, and uh, they they may go to a six man rotation coming up soon. They talked about the possibility of that because they they've got to stretch out off days tonight. So Lauer may go up soon uh, from what they're saying. But either way, he, he looked great and mission accomplished last night. And the, the interesting thing about last night, watching him, uh, he's he's ninety two to ninety four with his fastball, so good, but it's not an elite fastball. But he he had to have thrown fifty to sixty fastballs last night. And and that's that, that's what the fan graphs numbers indicate from his big league time, too. It's not an overpowering fastball, but he leads with that. He commands it and it just it, it just goes to show yeah. that you don't have to throw ninety-nine to lean on your fastball. If you can locate it and you attack, uh you know, that can work. And it, it was really fun to watch him last night. Guys were just not hitting his fastball and they had to have known most of the time that's what they were gonna get. It was it was a beautiful thing to watch last night. A guy who's not known for an overpowering fastball was was overpowering them with his fastball in a unique way.
0: Jeff Hem on the Parks Motor Cells Hotline joining us here as he has the last three Fridays. And so excited to have you on the show. The Nashville Sounds take the field once again against the Atlanta Braves AAA affiliate, Gwinnett Stripers tonight. As the Sounds have made their way to the the second place spot in the AAA East Southeast, I think that is. I don't don't really. It's It's a a lot. Is what it it is. is. Uh, The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp currently in first place, a game (laughs) and. Half ahead of the sounds. You know, Triple A typically keeps away from the crazy nicknames, but occasionally you'll get one or two here or there. Yeah, they Uh,
2: were a double A team too, and they got moved up in the realignment. But the Marlins' previous Triple A team was everybody's favorite New Orleans Baby Baby Cakes. cakes. So I.
0: Those were those were fun.
2: move, it feels like a (laughs) lateral move (laughs) in terms of of nicknames/slash mascots. Yeah, Yeah. in in terms of what I have to say on here, I'll just go. You know, back then I kind of leaned on just New Orleans, and I might just lean on Jacksonville when we play the jumbo shrimp.
0: The jumbo (laughs) shrimp, but yes, Nashville sitting at nine and five, uh, still waiting to make that game up against Toledo. I guess that will take place sometime in August. Uh, when you guys make that game up, will, will they be the home team, even though it's played in Nashville?
2: Yeah, so it'll uh, – yes, to answer your question, yes. We'll play a doubleheader, and in the game that is the makeup of the Toledo rainout, the Sounds will be the visiting team in their own park. I don't think I've ever seen uh, – well, you know what? Maybe we did have that happen a couple of years ago. doesn't happen very often, That's- uh, but yes.
0: It is it is unusual, but that is that is twenty twenty one minor league baseball, folks.
2: That's right. <laughs> I mean, hey, I don't know I don't know how much time we have left, but I know you guys are Braves guys. I've got a Braves trivia question. Are you interested? I, I, always. Okay. All right. Well you guys are this is probably gonna be easier for you, but I, I do a six inning trivia contest every night with where fans can email in and try to win tickets to a game and with Braves affiliate being in town I've been doing some different Braves trivia. So, going the the whole time they've been around, Boston to Milwaukee, now Atlanta, the Braves have had seven guys win the MVP award. Only one of the seven won it multiple times in a Braves uniform. Can you name that player? Dale Murphy. Oh, see, I knew it was going to be easy for you, Mo.
0: (laughs) There was no, I wasn't even going to answer it because uh, I'm pretty sure that Mo had the answer ready to go when you said only one guy. (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah, with, and you know, with the ages you guys are, uh, that's 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 wheelhouse for you guys. Uh, I got a lot of submissions of Chipper Jones. He only won it once. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of Hank Aaron submissions. Some, amazingly, somehow he only, only one won it once. It. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, eighty, eighty two, eighty three. Wheelhouse for you guys. Yeah, yep, wheelhouse for you
3: guys. I yep. wouldn't know. I was. Well, it was wheelhouse for one of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm. All right.
0: I never saw Del Murphy play that I remember. So
2: same, yeah. same for me. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> I was I was born in eighty two. Uh so uh, Okay. All right. So, I so was,
0: we're on the Parks
3: Motor Sales hotline with Jeff Hamm of the Nashville Sounds. Jeff, thanks for joining us.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeff is a geriatric millennial <laughs> Man, man, get out of here. The Sounds play
3: tonight at 635, tomorrow at 635, and Sunday at 205 against Gwinnett before hitting Did the just road. Did
2: I my chances of joining you next week? Uh, maybe man. you'll be back. Maybe you won't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't say – Hey, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a leading comment. I wasn't saying anything about anyone who uh, may have been born before 82. Just, I appreciate
3: – 82 was my high school senior year. Okay, well. I, yeah, I appreciate
0: yeah. not being the only person that Mo gets upset about when I say <laughs> I was born in eighty six and he's been covering sports longer than I've been alive.
2: Yeah, well, so, I mean, that's why that's why Mo is a legend. You got to be why, proud of being exactly. a legend. Exactly, you're a hall of famer.
0: Come hall on. of fame.
2: <laughs> I am not in any halls of fame. I'm in halls of shame. So you're good, Mo. <laughs> so you be proud of your
3: age. <laughs> oh, I definitely am. I wear all of these gray hairs as as well as I can. Um, in all seriousness, Jeff, thanks for joining us this morning, and we um, look forward to speaking with you again next Friday.
2: All right, guys, be well.
0: All right. Uh, hear the golden tones of Jeff Hem tonight, if you wish. They'll be on 94.9 Nashville. Um,
3: they also stream it, don't they? I think
0: yeah. so. Yeah. I think so. You can go to com and find all of that information. Ticket information. Go watch the game if you're not at a high school game tonight. There's no reason not to be. Uh, tonight, tomorrow night, we will be there tomorrow night. And Sunday afternoon, any of those opportunities are fantastic. Go watch the – that is a fan, it's a fantastic ballpark. It is. There's plenty to do. It's great baseball right now.
3: They did a great job with that park. You know, with the open. Mm-hmm. If you go to the concession stands or
0: whatever, never you lose never sight.
3: lose sight of the of the field. It's. Uh, I mean, if you've not been to First Horizon, you got to go. You got to go. And if you've been, you got to go back. So.
0: And and we will. Yeah. All right, exactly. we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Atlanta Braves. Major League Club, <laughs> and, and more on uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. They're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back in the Lee Company studio. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is Sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com.
1: teams you care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris.
0: Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, Coach Mike, Andrew Moore, all with you here on this beautiful Friday morning, 10.32. Um... The freaking Pirates. (laughs) How do you lose to the freaking Pirates?
4: Uh, Before we go in. You can spell it with four letters.
3: Before we go (laughs) in on the Pirates, they've got some local flavor that we need to mention probably. Um, Their number three and number four hitters are respectively Brian Reynolds who played at Brentwood and at Vanderbilt. And, Jacob Stallings who played at Brentwood Academy um, and they both did damage last night but
0: and the Pirates didn't take him as pitchers they did not yeah
3: um, so Mark Bowman of MLb.com in his gamer from last night he the the headline is hot Swanson and more takeaways after loss and the header hot head, hot I, Hot Swanson and more takeaways after loss. Dansby homered last night. Um, let's see.
0: I'm not sure that I. I, I don't
4: know Homer that I would call one day hot. one day being hot.
2: Yeah.
3: But okay, this wasn't what I was gonna read, but I will read it now.
2: Um, <laughs>
3: Swanson's encouraging night is the header on this one. With fans, <laughs> with fans questioning whether Orlando Arcia should be promoted from Triple A Gwinnett to become the Braves' shortstop, wonder if he's been listening to our podcast. Uh, <laughs> Swanson quieted his critics with his third three-hit game of the season and his second straight multi-hit performance. He singled ahead of Contreras' homer in the second. Entered Thursday, hitting two oh one with a uh, six thirty-one OPS. 31% strikeout rate, so the veteran shortstop could certainly benefit from the confidence he gained when he also doubled and hit a go ahead homer in the sixth. He has hit four of his six home runs within his past 13 games. So, hot Swanson and more takeaways after the loss. Now, as I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted, why <laughs> Webb <laughs> is the header here? Just three days after hitting Mets outfielder Kevin Pillar in the face with a pitch, Jacob Webb was asked to pitch the 10th inning, which of course now begins with a runner on second base. The result wasn't pretty as he retired just one of four batters faced and allowed Kevin Newman's decisive RBI single. So why was he used in this situation? That's a hell of a question. Well, closer Will Smith had pitched the previous two days and wasn't going to be asked to pitch three days for the second time in less than a week. Three straight days for the second time in less than a week. Luke Jackson had also pitched the previous two days, and A.J. Mentor had extended his woes by allowing three went, three runs during Wednesday's win. The choices were Webb, Josh Tomlin, or left-handed Grant, left-hander Grant Dayton, who eventually did come in the ballgame. Mm-hmm. In other words, this was another night that highlighted the fact that this bullpen is nowhere near as deep as last year's. Yet. It's a tough situation, Snitker said. I wanted to give him a clean inning. There's no perfect time, but it was good to get him out there. It was good to get Jacob Webb back on the on the mound after the Kevin Pilar situation. Maybe he should have been back on the mound in Gwinnett or in Mississippi or in somebody else's organization. Uh, I, I've been saying it for the last two weeks. I don't want to see Jacob Webb in a brave uniform again.
0: I think – you know, the, and that's kind of a, a – I mean, yes, that that's the problem here is that we're sitting here talking about Jacob Webb is, unfortunately, still in the bullpen. Now, I understand, please, please, I understand that we have a lot of – guys in Gwinnett with Major League experience who have been starting pitchers for our Major League club. But why do you not want the best pitchers you possibly have available in your bullpen at all times? Why is Jacob Webb in the bullpen and... Tukey Tassant, Tukey, Kyle Wright... I, I mean, I just – I don't understand why there. Are- – I wonder – and, again, we
3: talked about this from the start of the season or I've I've wondered this from the start of the season. Given the workloads that these guys got last year or didn't get last year, are you holding some of these guys? Are you keeping some of these guys stretched out at the AAA level in anticipation of needing some of them as starters at the major league level at some point over the course of this season. <sighs> and because if you bring a Tukey Toussaint or a Kyle Wright up to pitch out of the bullpen, and then suddenly you need them in a starter role, they're not stretched out because they've only been going parts of an inning or one or two innings but over lengthy spans of time.
0: But we're not going to need them for – a lengthy span of time. We're going to need them for 30 more days tops as relievers because you're going to get Shane green, right? I mean, you're probably, probably going to get Inoa back early July. I think maybe the all-star later
3: than that.
0: Maybe the all-star break. But I don't – I just I, – I can't for the life of me understand why you don't want the best pitchers you have in your, in your organization in the bullpen, especially this bullpen.
3: I tweeted it last night, and I've got it on our run of show right here, and I've got it in all caps. Why does Webb continue to get opportunities to lose games? I – And and at this point, again, I don't blame Snitker for this.
0: He didn't have any other options.
3: He's managing what's on the roster. Somebody needs to get him somebody else. Whoever it is that's in charge of that needs to get him some other options.
0: Yeah. And and but doesn't he doesn't he have Alex
3: Anthopoulos? Yeah,
4: but doesn't he have the? leverage or anything to turn around and say hey these guys aren't getting it done and i can't do anything with this well, apparently get me something different because... i can say <laughs> that 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 to me is you know you know the field manager needs to there's there's something that needs to be done there for for him i guess in a sense uh or he needs to stand up and say hey this you know i can't do what you want me to do with what i've got <laughs> and there you go um
3: Braves continue their series with the Pirates tonight. The Braves come in at 20 and 24. The Pirates are 18 and 25. One of the bright spots on the mound for the Braves will be on the mound tonight as Ian Anderson takes his 3 and 1, 3.20 ERA out against Pittsburgh's Tyler Anderson, who is 3 and 3 with a 3.50. 6 20 start, Pre-game at 5.05 tonight. On our sister station, 103.7 WKRM. You'll be able to listen to the golden tones of Ben Ingram and Joe Simpson and whoever else is there. So you can check
0: that out. Chasen Bradford is on the Gwinnett roster right now. Chasen Bradford is not on the MLB 40 man for whatever reason. Uh, he act, he's He's a – 31 year old guy but he's got major league experience and he can't be any worse so can we just you know try something new because Einstein's definition of insanity comes to mind anyway I mean um, just try something different I'm getting tired of this the freaking pirates pirates yeah.
4: You, you know, the the old saying is do something different. Even if it's wrong. Even right now it couldn't be, it couldn't even be more it couldn't be more wrong.
3: <laughs> even if it's wrong, do something. Because running Jacob Webb out every third night or whatever to blow a ball game or to put you further behind because he's sure not helping you get ahead. It's getting old. And so he he's approaching For me, as a Braves fan, he's approaching JoJo Reyes and Derek Lowe territory, and that ain't good.
0: I remember when Derek Lowe was good. It wasn't in Atlanta. Dude, so uh, you say that, but I specifically remember writing a Facebook post that had statistics on the run production when Derek Lowe was on the mound, and I think it was below one75 runs produced and that was at whatever time that was it was probably sometime in this you know in that first year but it was just weird how and and it's weird here because we shouldn't have to worry about jacob webb going out there because we shouldn't be freaking tied with the freaking pirates in the ninth inning hit the baseball hit the baseball
3: Anyway. In three seasons in Atlanta, Derek Lowe's best ERA was four point zero zero. Now, I did not realize he went fifteen and ten and sixteen and twelve and oh nine and ten, but I specifically remember that nine and seventeen in twenty eleven when he had a five oh five.
0: He was putrid. What would Bobby Cox do, Steve Price? What would Bobby <laughs> Cox do? He would probably enjoy his eightieth birthday today and just say screw it. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> uh, this
3: isn't managerial.
0: It's not. <laughs> what? The question ought to be, what would Copy do? Or John Sherholtz. Man, I miss Copy.
3: The question is not, what would Frank Wren do? Because he he we'd be worse.
0: No doubt. Yeah. Zero doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we have matched... The 2014 and 2015 record. So, there's that. Yeah. Anyway, we got to take a break because we need to talk about a little NASCAR and some Preds. We need to take a break because we need to calm down. There's that. (laughs) So, Braves tonight, 1037, pregame at 505. Check it out. When we come back, we will talk about the Preds who come home after uh, going down 2-0 over in Carolina and NASCAR with T. Willie on the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net.
1: To Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted.
0: Yes. Um, welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We come to you live from the Lee Company Studio on the final segment of this Friday edition of the show where we have been more than excited. <laughs>
4: Maybe it's a good thing it's Friday, a couple of days to. Cool down. Take a breath.
0: Calm down. <laughs> huh, take a breath, Chris. Take a breath. As
4: Del could say, where's where's my blood pressure medicine? <laughs> no doubt.
0: <sighs> All right. So we are talking a little bit about the Preds, and this is going to make me angry hmm. again. <laughs> Just when we were calming down. Just when we were calming down. Um, <laughs> the Nashville Predators return home down 2-0 to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And somebody asked on Twitter, if the Nashville Predators were given a permanent power play against (laughs) the Carolina Hurricanes, could they force a game six?
3: If the Nashville Predators were given a permanent power Permanent power play against the Carolina Hurricanes, could they force a game six? If they were
0: given a permanent power play, they'd probably get swept in four. That's what I was thinking. I was like, they, it might be better to be permanently short-handed because <laughs> yeah. they tend to score more short-handed than they do on the power play. Well, what was it you just said during the break that in, last in, no- game, well, two, in game two, Wednesday night, the Predators were zero for seven on power plays, and in those seven power plays, they were outshot, outshot? by the Carolina Hurricanes. Fewer shots. The Carolina Hurricanes were short-handed and got off more <laughs> shots. And then, when, the and then when the uh, Preds pulled, you see it, they continued their patented dump-and-chase offense into the zone with no goalie. Jesus. Anyway, I'm sorry. The Nashville Predators just need to lose and be done. I'm ready <laughs> for this to be over. I'm tired of talking about it. <sighs> you know what I'm not tired of talking about, though? Road courses. <laughs> Road courses in NASCAR, we're, we're we're getting more of them, and this week we get a really cool one, one that we've not seen before. And to talk about it on the Parks Motor Sales hotline, we have T. Willie, the Chicken Man, Terry Wilcox, joining us here. How exciting is it to be able to to watch these these new? Um, road course races
1: Oh, it, I, I'm pumped I'm telling you I watched this uh, race here last year with uh, I think it was the Formula F1 series it's an amazing looking track uh, from the TV if you haven't watched the race this year watch this one it's just a beautiful layout going to the grandstands and I am pumped the road courses have turned out to be a sleeper um, you know 20 years ago I, I wouldn't give you a nickel to go to a road course but now I would go. They, some somehow with the, uh, you know, with the the way they double filed restarts now and stuff, uh, it's it's just turned out to be amazing, and they've never been like you said. This is this is a three point four one mile course with twenty turns, eleven left-handers and nine right-handers. Uh, these, these guys have not seen this before. They're practicing. Uh, they are qualifying this weekend. Uh, this is uh, where well, they they're host- yeah, there yeah. <laughs> with bristle, but rain took care of that. But yeah, weather permitting, tomorrow, Saturday, the truck and Xfinity will both qualify and both run tomorrow. That'll be a preview, and we'll have everything on 101.7, of course. And then uh, Sunday, uh, you can tune in at 12 o'clock. Uh, to, wait a minute. Uh, yes, that's correct, 12 to 12.30. I'll have my pre-race show followed at 12.30 by... NASCAR's pre-race, and then about an hour later, they will drop the green flag. But it's going to be exciting, and uh, you you know who the favorite is going in.
0: Well, uh, you know, Chase Elliott is is probably going to. Uh, they'll, they'll be seeing some some tail lights on on his, on his number nine NAPA car, I assume.
1: Absolutely, I mean, he won five in a row until until this, earlier this year Daytona. He did not win, but he kind of got booted out there anyways. They didn't help, but he's so dominant. I, I don't know what it is, uh, but he just figured out road courses. Uh, Kevin Harvick's always been a good road course racer. Uh, his teammate, Ryan Blaney, uh, is very good. There's a lot, of, a lot of these good young guys grew up, even with the iRacing and stuff, doing road courses, and a lot of the newer guys actually have it figured out pretty good. So, But I'm looking for an exciting race. I think it's going to be great. Uh, you're going to, especially with it being extra turns, 20 turns, I think the only other closest to it is, I think, a 16-turn, one of the tracks. So there's four extra chances to screw up, if you will, <laughs> or, to t- or for a payback to take somebody out, So which um, never, ever happens in NASCAR anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so tell me about,
0: um, you were talking this morning on Inside Middle Tennessee about a, uh, a road course expert who is who was who was yeah. trying to find a ride for this weekend,
1: and he has found a ride. Uh, not in the Cup Series, but in the Xfinity Series. If you've watched road courses the last 15, 20 years, you know the name Boris said. Uh He will be attempting to qualify uh, in the Xfinity Series. However, looking at the entry list, the Xfinity Series has thirty or forty three drivers entered to try to start the race. And so three of them will be going home. The truck series has 44 and they're only going to let 36 start. So they got eight going home. So cup series has all 40. That's all they're allowed. So everybody's going to race. But Boris said, and I know, I know you know that name uh, and you know that hairstyle.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, uh, I'm excited to see this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You You mentioned Kyle Bush. Um, this past weekend at Dover, Kyle sort of uh fell back and, and nobody could figure out why until about what three fourths, oh, yeah. four
1: fifths way through the race? Somewhere in that vicinity, they finally opened the hood, found out he had a plug wire off. But by the time they did it, he was seven laps down. Listen,
0: listen. His car has been running at 136 miles an hour. Everybody else is running at one sixty, one one fifty five on bad tires. And <laughs> and that's this right. guy's running at 136 and nobody said hey maybe we should check under the hood.
1: <laughs> and that's it's odd cuz that's the first thing you check when the car is, has any kind of a miss or a down on power. I mean, you got you coming in for a caution, open the hood, I don't care if you go to the back of the field, you're already losing laps and at the end of the race he was the fastest car on the track. So imagine if they had found that after he was only one or two laps down. Uh, he could have got back into it. I, I mean, I'm happy he didn't, to tell you the truth, but. Of course we crazy. are. But, uh, but still, it's, you know, it's not fair to the driver when they make a mistake like that. Uh, I mean, they both do. Sometimes the drivers make mistakes, sometimes pit crew, but, uh, you know, that's, that's just, that's racing. But something like that is just un- inexcusable. So I'm surprised we didn't hear any anybody get in, uh, getting a weekend off, if you will. That's what I was just it. getting
3: ready to ask you, Terry. Is that, a, is that
1: something that people lose jobs over? Uh, ab- absolutely. Not, even if they don't lose a job, uh, the crew chief should be setting out, to, in my opinion. That was a, a major boo-boo on his part. And, and it, you know, he's at the top It's like anything else. He's like the president of the company, whatever. He is responsible for the pit crew. So of course, how, how
3: much worse would it have been if the crew chief wasn't there?
1: <laughs> well, <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. but sometimes they get by without the crew chief pretty much i tell you the guys pitting the, pitting the teams are would make the call so but uh yeah but but still uh, they, they they should have sent a message is what i'm i guess i'm oh, saying yeah. no doubt and I, I don't know why they didn't do that i'm i've been checking there's nothing up on, on lately nothing has come up so that means they're going forward with it but but Oh, and we did get news today. I got an email from Dover Downs at uh, Nashville Super Speedway. Uh, they have taken off the restrictions, uh, 100% capacity for uh, the Father's Day weekend races. The, uh, the cup race is sold out, but they do got tickets for the truck on Friday and the Xfinity on Saturday. So that's good news.
0: The cup race in Nashville or in lebanon is yes. is sold out, folks. That's awesome. Yes, That's is. great news to hear.
1: So, oh, it is. And, and, we, and we will have a presence at the track, just so you know. I will be working there with the guys from Dover, and uh, Clayton uh, Harris, I believe, will be there, uh, getting all kinds of stories to, to bring back probably the next week. But uh, don't know if you can get any driver interviews. They were still kind of tight on those. But they do not have a, a mass restriction any longer in the garage area at NASCAR either, so we're slowly getting back to what we used to know as normal. There you go.
3: It's great phrasing yep. there, by the way. So what
1: we used to know <laughs> as normal.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, as normal, but I better, thought I better change a little. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: T. Willie, we got just a minute left, so that means it's time to get silly with T. Willie.
1: All right. Give us one. Now, you remember the group Rage Against the Machine? Yeah. See, they never told us what machine they were talking about but I'm pretty sure it was a printer. (laughs) Oh, there's no doubt.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure we we figured that out in uh, not only our office, but from office space. Yes.
1: Yes, The front lobby is specifically (laughs) the front lobby.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Oh man. T Willie talking NASCAR. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next time. That's going to do it. That's going to do it for our show this week. As we continue to talk high school sports on this Southern Middle Tennessee sports today. We will do so next Monday at 9 o'clock as we prepare you for spring fling. So stick around. Southern Middle Tennessee sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint from the Lee Company Studio for Mo Patton, the illustrious potentate coach Mike Andrew Moore. I'm Chris Yow saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia.